This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which airs live every Tuesday evening from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by Big Papa Smokers. Big Papa is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, and everything that you need to make a world-class pit out of a 55-gallon drum. Visit them at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and pits as well. You can visit them at TheBBQGuru.com. And by Cookshack, a leader in pellet and electric style cookers. Visit them for specials online at Cookshack.com or call them at 800-423-0698. And by Sucklebusters. Sucklebusters products are preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the USA, introduced first products to Barbecue Central over seven years ago. You can get in contact with them at sucklebusters.com like them on their facebook fan page sucklebusters or visit the texas bbq forum.com check them out and see why sucklebusters means busting with flavor and by butcher barbecue makers of injections sauces and rubs find them online at butcherbbq.com and by green mountain grills a leader in the pellet grill market you can find out more about their cookers by visiting greenmountaingrills.com and by cookingpellets.com, a maker of high-quality pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit them at cookingpellets.com, or you can find them at amazon.com as well. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Bay, Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, and this is BBQ Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. Yes, the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on Tuesday evening. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, oh! I'm happy to have you do it. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening, in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, the re- Stage the re-implemented, the re-instituted third Tuesday of the month. Guest Stephen Reichlin joining us at nine thirty-five. What have I always said about this show, and I'll probably say it again as we do the introduction to this guest coming up. 
The show is about barbecue. This is a barbecue show, but it's not always about barbecue. 9.35 will absolutely live up to that billing. A first-timer. I myself am a avid believer in the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms and con- uh, carry concealed. Chad Ward can attest to that, by the way. Joining me at 9.35, somebody from Alien Gear Holsters, the uh, director of marketing, Tyler Botts, will join us to talk about Alien Gear Holster, talk about carrying concealed and all that good gun stuff. And then we'll get back to the barbecue in the second hour, 10.14. We will go ahead and welcome in Josh Carey of Yoder Smokers. Yeah, baby. I am trying my best with every fiber of my being from the last two weeks on to get at least one kind of pit maker on a segment going forward here until we've gone through most of them. By the way, 1035 open segment. So if you've ever wanted to get on the show for whatever reason, that's going to be your time to do it. Diane Me. Perhaps Alien Gear will be open to making a holster for your Thermapen. Quick draw. Carried concealed. All right, a few things to get into here before we talk with Stephen Reichland. First and foremost, and I don't like to use the term shout out a lot on the show, as you know, but I, if anything, I am the master of contradictory or contradiction. I want to give a shout-out and happy birthday on this very day. This very day. To my mommy, star of Connie's Recipe Corner, Connie Rempe. Happy birthday, mommy. (laughs) Secondly, as you saw before I started chirping into the microphone, special thank you to Doug Scheiding of Rogue Cookers for the shirt. Love it. I love free t-shirts that I can wear on the show to promote you. I do. I got 75 barbecue team and barbecue type t-shirts that people have sent me over the years that I wear here on this show because I love it. I love to promote barbecue whenever I can. Next, I got to give a shout out and ask for an apology from my man Blake Moody who I owe rub to. Blake, I have it setting out on the shelf. I did the show last week, and then Wednesday I was off to National Softball Tournament Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Didn't get back until Sunday morning, so it is locked, loaded, and ready to go. I will send it out to you tomorrow. Wait, wait, what am I getting here? It says it's your birthday today. No. Kevin, my birthday was July 10th. However, happy belated birthday as well to Kevin Bevington, creator of Outdoor Cooking Channel. That was a lot of important birthdays going on. Mostly my mommy. Hi, mommy. As a matter of fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, she might be calling in right this very moment. Hello? Greg, this is your mother calling. Thank you for wishing me happy birthday. Shut up with that noise. What have I told you? 
stop reverting to those stupid noise effects. Nobody likes them. I, you've seen the emails roll in. They, I said, stop it with the noise, the soundings. Who likes nobody? Go ahead, take your stupid poll with your outdoor cooking channel Instagram people. They will tell you they hate it. I'm, you're ruining my birthday with your sound effects. Now leave me alone. I have much to do on my birthday, like eating and drinking, and we're going to go traveling, honey. So if you need to call me, use the landline you know where, okay? All right. I love you very much, honey. Bye-bye. All right. There's my mom uh, calling in. Unbeknownst to me. How about that? Love it. Love when my mom calls in. Outrageous. So, uh, Blake, apologize. Am I locked up? Damn. All right. Thought I was locked up there for a second. There I am. Anyway, Blake, you're all set. I, I promise. Rub's going out tomorrow. Last week, we were going to be talking about knives. I've always wanted to talk about knives. There's a lot of information that needs to be talked about knives. And then the Echo Monster came back. I got a lot of emails saying, well, the Echo Monster was incredible last week. And what happened? And the bottom line is this. Prior to the show, I was checking to see if Chad Ward actually had a live show going on, which, of course, he didn't. However, this week he did. Props to Chad for squeezing one in this month. Way to go. And I realized I left a window open. I was the echo monster problem. When I tell people don't be watching the show, don't be watching the show. Don't watch the show when I call you for an interview. It will feed back echo monster. I, I broke my own rule. Unbeknownst to me, I broke my own rule. All right. So that's what was going on with the echo monster. Before we get into the break here, uh, this, folks, is the CHOPS Power Injector System, and I just happened to get mine last week. I forgot to show it. Now, look at this thing. Yeah, this is the half-gallon model. Do not use on self, friends, family, or people in general. Do sanitize before and after each use. Keep away from children. It says so right there. Uh, this is the half-gallon uh, model, as I said uh, before. Go to barbecuekansascity.com to get your own. Uh, now, this is the uh, injector head here, and it's got a nice guard. So you gently work the guard off, and look at this. I mean, these are ready to go. You have the nice, uh, I don't know if this is plastic or polymer, and you have the, uh, the squeeze here to let the juice go in. And uh, you have the, 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 uh, the, the turner-honor thingy. The flow control, I believe that's what it's called. And then once you're done, and these are the 14-gauge needles, you uh, just kind of work it gently back in, and then they're all blocked down. Plop it up now. No sticky in the fingers. You're set to go. You're safe. You're wild. I can't wait. Can't wait to inject my... I'm going to have to save this and this. For the open segment, because I'm going to run out of time, and I want to make sure that I'm doing myself justice when I talk about the things that I'm. Also, please, if you could listen with a discerning ear. I asked you last week. I got zero feedback. 
I've changed microphones. I think I have realized that I might be over-modulating. Nobody's telling me this, but I think I might be over-modulating when I hear myself back in replay. So if you hear me over-modulate, I need to know. I've switched microphones. I think I think I have narrowed it down to my expensive microphone just going bad because I've used it a lot over the last four or five years. All right, Stephen Reichlin out of the break. Look, if you didn't know already, Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue and is the number one dealer of Mac pellet grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, and even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers also has made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs from flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending. Their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the 2012 and 13 American Royal, the World Series of Barbecue, the 12 and 14 Jack Daniels, the 13 Kingsford Invitational, and the 14 Houston Livestock and Rodeo, also the 14 King of the Smoker. And don't think that BPS can just be pigeonholed into competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known. They've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain. That's right. BJ's Restaurant and Brew House, with four of the nine BPS rubs featured on their permanent menu. And amid growing reviews, BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa is also banded together with fallow... Fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast offense to find conventional wisdom. These two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farms shipped right to your door from the American Kobe beef, the caribou to pork, the double R ranch meats. Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of beef and pork and barbecue aficionado committed to bring you the best flavors that's why they carry swamp sauce a fine swine sauce granny's barbecue sauce these are the hot new items the new kids on the block this season big papa also created the unique brand ambassador program called the bps elite team featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie competition barbecue and to benefit children charities across the u.s keep in mind folks as i say each and every week that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this within only five years of being in business, turning the competition world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. I was watching some uh, barbecue crawl, the first two. Who did I see on there? Sylvie Curry! Star of the small screen, way outdid Danielle in her bit on the barbecue crawl. Great seeing Sylvie grace the stage and Big Mist. Well, we're going to talk about Big Mist in the second sec, in the second hour. Believe that, believe it. All right, Stephen Reichlin coming up. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. 
This portion of the Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500 grand in cash to be won. The next stop on the tour is this Saturday, July 25th, in Woodbury, Minnesota. A local qualifier feeding the top six teams into the Madison-Wisconsin Regional Final. That'll take place August 8th. To find out more about Sam's Club Barbecue Series, check the results or to register your team to compete because you still can, believe it or not, you can visit kcbs.us slash samstour. That's kcbs.us slash samstour. All right, my next guest can be found right here on this show every third Tuesday of the month. Somebody I enjoy talking about the world of live fire cooking and barbecue and all that good stuff. Let's not waste any more time. And welcome in said guest, Stephen Reichler, to the show. Stephen, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Absolutely fabulous, Stephen. Always appreciate the time you make for the show. And a lot of stuff to get to here in the segment tonight. Uh, I guess first and foremost is uh, the last time we had you on, we were gearing up to the elite episode of Project Smoke, and now we're a couple shows into it with uh, weeks three and four coming up here. So I guess uh, having put it together, seeing it in the can, and now seeing it on the small screen, as it were, uh, for the rest of us to consume, uh, your thoughts of it and how are episode one and two uh, going for you? Uh, I'll tell you, it's really thrilling to see it on air. You're in Cleveland, correct? Yes, Cleveland, that's right. Yeah, so I believe that you guys are going to see uh, week number four on Sunday. <laughs> and that's a show called Ribs Rock the Smoker. Uh, what I wanted to do was focus on three different types of ribs. So there are monster beef ribs. Uh, I am totally got off for what's called a beef plate rib. That comes from the forequarter of the steer. Uh, each rib weighs between two and two and a half pounds. They smoke for about 10 hours. Totally mind-boggling. And then we do authentic Jamaican jerk spare ribs. Uh, and uh, they are cooked on pimento wood as the smoking fuel. Uh, there's a steaming pot with pimento leaves, uh, pimento berries on the fire, and, of course, pimento berries, and uh, which is another word for allspice in the Jamaican jerk seasoning. So super fragrant. Super spicy. The last rib in that show uh, is a Colorado lamb rib with a cherry barbecue sauce. Lamb, you know, not something that's sort of traditional part of American barbecue uh, repertory, but it's a fantastic rib. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show. All right, Stephen, so let's go ahead and, and if we could, just for a moment, kind of re-break down the, the three items that you just covered. As far as beef ribs, I think more and more they're becoming popular with the backyard guys obviously the competition scene is different that stage has been set and, and you very uh very seldom can you get out of that type of uh, atmosphere it's always pork ribs whether it be the baby back or the spares but in the backyard you can absolutely go beef rib and is there keys to making sure that the beef ribs are cooked properly and that they don't shrink or become tough or something like that well, I think the keys to beef ribs, I mean, first of all, I keep the seasoning really simple, salt, pepper, hot pepper flakes, because I want to keep the emphasis on the beef flavor. Second of all, it's a very long smoke. So we do, uh, they come in a, a rack of three ribs, like I said, each one, two pounds. Wow. And uh, you're looking at about eight to ten hours of smoking time at 225. Um, the third thing, and this is really important, uh, like a brisket, you put the ribs in an insulated cooler to rest, but I put them in a pan with a cup of beef stock underneath them. 
So as they're resting, they absorb the beast stuff, which makes them supernaturally moist. Uh, you know, I call it brisket on a bone. I mean, it's that rich. Do you uh, prefer a certain style of wood if you're using a wood, or if you're using a charcoal-fired cooker, uh, what kind of chunks of wood would you put in there for smoke flavor? Well, I, with these beef stems, I really like oak. Uh, that's sort of the uh, preferred wood of Texas. And uh, if I do them in a stick burner, I'm using oak logs. If I, uh, if I do them in, let's say, a water smoker, it's natural lump charcoal uh, with uh, chunks of, uh, of oak added every hour. You know, just the whole secret to this is slow and steady uh, wins the race. Uh, you don't want to oversmoke at the beginning. A little bit of smoke every hour. Uh, much better than uh, than front loading your smoke. Do you have a target temperature that you like to keep the pit at while you're cooking? Yeah, I kind of work between 225 and 250. And for an internal temperature on the ribs, and these are big enough that you actually can slide an inch of the meat thermometer in the side, uh, I'm looking for about 195, 200. All right, so the next one you talked about was the jerk spare ribs. Uh, are you using the whole rack, or are you trimming the tips off and using what is commonly referred to as a St. Louis style cut? Well, it's a little bit bigger than the St. Louis, the tips off, but it's not the center cut of the spare ribs. Uh, these are about three and a half pounds per rack. What's important uh, for me is we're using Berkshire pork. And one of the points that I really try and make in the show, all of our beef is grass-fed, all of our pork is heritage, all of our chickens are organic, all of our seafood is wild. Uh, where your meat comes from, how it's raised, really matters as much as how you smoke it. And I think that was a component that was missing certainly 15 years ago when I started in the biz. Everybody would tell you about, you know, the wondrous pit, the amazing fuel, the uh, ingenious techniques, but nobody talked about where the meat actually came from. And uh, I think that's, that's sort of the, that's the biggest new trend in barbecue, and it's it's really where you're going to get the quality. All right, so two questions on that, Stephen. Uh, one is, uh, I guess, for the people that don't know Heritage or, or Berkshire or Caribouda or you know these uh, specialty kinds of pork, is this something that is readily available to get at a butcher at a grocery store, or are you going to have to call around and, and really find somebody that is a purveyor of this style? Well, if you go onto the website for the show, which is projectsmoke.org, uh, you will find the website of the uh, the Heritage Meats Company, which is what we use to supply our pork. But more and more stores are carrying these items. So, you know, I'm sure if you live in a medium or big uh, or large city, you have a Whole Foods. Uh, they carry Korobuda pork. Uh, they carry grass-fed beef. You know, I know this stuff is a little bit more expensive, but i got to tell you, I did a brisket yesterday. It was a grass-fed uh, beef brisket, and it was sort of like, Going from, you know that moment in the movie The Wizard of Oz when it goes from black and white to technicolor? Right. That's what it's like when you get some of these amazing heritage breeds. And what I mean by heritage breeds, you know, these are the old-timey breeds that our great-grandparents and parents and grandparents would have experienced before the Industrial Pork Revolution when people started raising, you know, breeding animals for quick growth and meat yield rather than for flavor. Steve, let me ask a very skeptical question here. And I, I know a lot of people like to talk about how the beef or the pork or the chicken is raised and what it's fed and 
no hormones and throw words like organic around and no hormones and all this stuff. It seems to be very big. Is it, a, is it more of a fad, and, and will we trend back to how it was three, four, five, six years and beyond shortly, or do you think that this is something that will really gain hold and, and this will be the, the way we shop and the way we buy going forward in the future? Uh, I believe with every fiber of my being that this is the way of the future. And uh, in my family, that's how we eat. That's what I want my kids to eat. Uh, it's what I want my friends to eat. Uh, when you buy organic meats, when you buy uh, meats from local farmers, not only eating better yourself, but you're helping the food system. You're, you know, you're buying from local, you're supporting local farmers, uh, you're supporting green agriculture. Uh, you're, you know, you're making the world better, a better place and you're making better food. It's, it's a no brainer. I think even if you look, you know, um, uh, you will see you will see fast food restaurants. Uh, forget which one, but one of them just is not using. Uh, they've eliminated antibiotic uh, chicken that's uh, that's had antibiotics. Uh, it's the way we have to go. You know, there's a movie called Food Inc. And I think anybody that's a skeptic should watch that movie, Food Inc. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show, BarbecueBible.com. His main website, if you want to check out the. New TV show website, ProjectSmoke.org. Absolutely. Uh, week That's four right. coming up here in uh, Cleveland, at least. Rock, uh, Ribs Rock the Smoker. Talk to me about pimento wood and pimento leaves and some type of a flavor profile that that's going to leave because I actually have no experience with any of that. The only thing I know about pimentos is it's what in the middle of a uh, olive when I put it in my gin martini. Yeah. So we're using, <laughs> I'm using the word pimento in the Jamaican sense. And it's none other than the Jamaican word for allspice. So we're start talking about an extremely hard, extremely fragrant, perfumed tropical tree. Uh, the berries of the tree give us allspice, the spice. The leaves are the Caribbean version of a bay leaf. So, so you know, imagine a bay leaf that sort of has a an allspice scent. Uh, the chips and chunks, very hard, very slow burning. In fact, when you go to Jamaica, when they make traditional Jamaican jerk, it's cooked on a grill grate that's made out of these all-spice wood sticks. So they're slow to burn. And as they tinge over the fire, they emit this incredibly perfumed, wonderful aromatic flavor. Uh, if you can't find all-spice wood chips, use, you know, cherry, apple, and then toss in a handful of uh, all-spice berries. Typically a jerk, anything has like the jerk... Uh marinade or paste is that something that you're making as well oh yeah of course you want to make a homemade jerk paste uh the primary ingredients scotch bonnet chilies for heat uh scallions uh shallots onions garlic for your aromatics uh a lot of salt because remember that jerking was originally done to preserve meat before the advent of refrigeration soy sauce uh sweet spices like uh nutmeg allspice cinnamon a generous dose of rum. It's uh, it's a spice base. It's you know I'm not going to say it's simple or easy because it's easy. It's uh, you mix everything and you process it. But there are a lot of ingredients. You know, it's it's sort of one of those dialectics of barbecue. Like the the beef ribs are amazing for their simplicity, and Jamaican jerk ribs are amazing for their complexity. Joining me here on the show, uh, Stephen. Another one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about tonight. 
is uh, one of the blog posts that you have right now, which is 10 new foods to grill right now. And also why so many people are down on octopus. So I guess let's take it in sections. As far as the 10 new foods to grill right now, what's on your list? Okay. And I'm glad you asked about this because I think all of us, we get in kind of a rut and we tend to grill the same foods over and over. Agreed. So, okay. So the barbecuebible.com list of 10 offbeat foods you should grill right now. Number one, halloumi, which is a Greek and uh, Cypriot cheese designed for grilling. It won't melt. Number two, mortadella, which is the Italian precursor of American bologna. You cut it into inch-thick slabs. Uh, throw it over hot fire, utterly amazing. Number three, octopus. And boy, the reaction that we, I got to that on the uh, website really surprised me because, you know, in Miami, grilled octopus is so hot, you find it at every trendy restaurant. I mean, Greece, of course, it's as popular as, uh, as hot dogs are here. It's a wonderful shellfish uh, for grilling. But man, there was a big junk factor. So number four on my list, grilled sardines. Number five, bacon. Now, I know uh, a lot of us in this world wrap jalapeno chilies in bacon, wrap shrimp or chicken breast in bacon, but this is actually grilling bacon on the grill, six slabs of bacon. Great way to do it, you know, get spattering all over your stove. And in Hungary, they actually take these monster slabs of bacon, put them on sticks, and grill them up with a good fire. Amazing. Number six, ground lamb. Think about a lamb burger instead of hamburger. Number seven, Flat iron steak, uh, super tender, super juicy, super flavorful steak cut from the shoulder. Number eight, polenta, because everybody in northern Italy can't be wrong. Cut it into slabs and grill it. It's uh, fabulous. Number nine, grilled kale. This is a preparation you find in Thailand. You toss uh, kale leaves uh, with oil and soy sauce and thinly sliced shallots. Flip it over a hot fire and it gets crisp on this crap and crisp. And finally, number 10, grilled watermelon. You know, a lot of us eat watermelon at the end of a barbecue. Cut steak thick slabs, cook it over a hot fire. Wood fire is amazing. Sprinkle it with salty cheese. You've got a dessert that is just, it'll, it'll blow your mind. All right. Well, let me uh, go directly back to number three, which is probably no surprise to you with the octopus. Uh, I guess yeah. in an overall sense, is, is octopus easy to find, like we were talking about with the pork stuff? Is this something you're going to have to go to a fish store to get normally? And like, what's the preparation and the actual cooking like on an octopus? So, very good question. Um, First of all, where to get it, if you live in a city with a Greek population, Greek markets, you'll find it there. Many whole foods around the country carry octopus. Uh, otherwise, special order it from uh, your fishmonger. Uh, or if there's a trendy restaurant in your area, you may be able to buy it from them because it's, uh, it's selling like hotcakes. In terms of the preparation, most of the octopus you buy in the United States is pre-tenderized. The way you tenderize an octopus is... Uh, Basically, you pound it on the rocks, you bang it with a brick. Uh, in Greece, they have these, uh, they look almost like old-fashioned washing machines with stones, and they tumble the octopus, but you must tenderize it. And then typically, it is parboiled or cooked in a pressure cooker, again, to tenderize it. So what you're doing when you grill octopus is you're just searing the outside, you're reheating it, and if you're doing over wood or wood chips, 
you put some smoke right in there. Now, octopus has a very mild flavor. I sort of think kind of a cross between shrimp and scallops. Uh, and it's porous, you know, so if you're grilling over wood fire, it will pick up the smoke flavor. Sauce, extra virgin olive oil, lemon juice, salt and pepper, it really doesn't need much more than that. As far as grilling time, is it something that is very, very quick, or will it take... Yeah, it, no, it's a, direct, it's a direct grill. It's super quick, you know, three to four minutes per side. You want to just brown it up real nice on all sides. The other thing is really nice about grilling octopus over hot fire is the end of the tentacles will get crispy. So you get these, like, kind of crunchy, seafood-flavored crispy bits, sort of like octopus bacon bits. The other one that I wanted to ask you about, which is actually number four, and I just saw it on, uh, what the hell was that TV show? Oh, I was watching uh, Barbecue Crawl with uh, Danielle Domofsky uh, the other day, and she had grilled sardines as well. Are these items grilled and you eat them like whole with the skin and everything, or like how do you eat these things? Yeah, so first of all, let's Ugh. make sure we're talking about fresh sardines. Yeah, fresh sardines, not, not out of the can. That's right. Yeah. Fresh sardines, and uh, this is sort of the national barbecue dish of Portugal. So if you live in a town with either a big Portuguese population, Iberian population, and also in Southern California, pretty easy to find them fresh. Small, oily fish. Uh, you grill them heads on and all uh, with the backbone in. Uh, it's a quick grill, olive oil, salt, pepper. Sometimes I'll wrap them in, uh, in grape leaves and grill the uh, sardines in grape leaves. They're pretty messy to eat, uh, which is part of the joy. And you just peel the flesh off the backbone. But they are uh, oily fish uh, and very, um, uh, you know, when you direct grill fish, I mean, you want an oily fish. You want a fish that's got fat in it so that it won't dry out over the hot fire. Uh, they also have to be incredibly good for you. They're loaded with omega-3 fatty fish oil. They're cheap, you know. It's really everything, everything you want in a fish. Stephen Reichlin is available online, barbecuebible.com. The TV show's link is projectsmoke.com and episode four. Dot, dot org. I'm sorry. Projectsmoke.org. Projectsmoke.org. Thank you for the correction. Yeah, and uh, episode four will be Ribs Rock the Smoker, which uh, most of us will see uh, this coming weekend. Stephen, always appreciate the time, and we'll look for you again next month. Hey, thanks a lot. Great chatting with you. Thanks. There he is. Real on. Stephen Reichel. Obviously, amidst uh, kids and fungus and crazy. Wow. Obviously, the interview was so important, he couldn't find his way into any kind of soundproof room. All right, so I'm I'm reviewing the list of top 10 things that you want to grill this summer. I've done bacon. I haven't done lamb. I know the grill girl who is now postpartum child was real big on the lamb last summer. I think she had a thing with like the lamb company or greater lamb of America or whatever. So never had that. I won't eat sardines. I'm sorry. Not going to do it. I thought he said Portobello, but it wasn't Portobello. Kale. Watermelon is the worst. I hate watermelon. Regular watermelon. 
Maybe grilled watermelon is what's going to bring me around. Has anybody had lamb ribs? I'm asking. Has anybody had lamb ribs? Don't forget to rate me on if I'm overmodulating on this microphone. I need to know the sound quality, but first let me talk to you about Suckle Busters. Award-winning barbecue rubs, barbecue sauce, chili kits, and gunpowder. Preferred by competition barbecue cooks. Texas-based, 100% made in the USA. Products have won hundreds of awards, including two first places two years in a row at the American Royal Barbecue Sauce Contest. New from Suckle Busters. We've been giving it away for weeks now. The Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. Based on Suckle Busters' award-winning Honey Barbecue Sauce, it's a thin barbecue glaze and finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. If your ribs and chicken have been struggling, this is something you might want to think about trying. Super sweet. It's not super spicy. It is super red because they use an American paprika for the bright red color. Brush it on 5 to 10 minutes of cooking. Left leaves a nice glossy red sheen on the meat and an extra layer of sweet flavor. Take your competition ribs and chicken to a whole another level. Available at the local barbecue store or online at sucklebusters.com. If you want to try a free bottle of Suckle Buster Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce, send me an email right now. Post haste. And in the subject line, put Stephen Reichlin. I will send you a bottle of Suckle Buster's Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. 972-393-9509. The phone number, sales at sucklebusters.com if you want to send them an email. The best in Texas? Yeah. Let me list off some wins for you. The American Royal Barbecue Sauce Test, uh, Sauce Contest, first place in 11 and 12. Best of the best barbecue sauce contest, first place 11 and 12. Chili Peppers Magazine Awards, first place 13 and 14. Fiery Food Awards, first place 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 50. What? It's winning every year for the last six years. National Barbecue Association, first place, 2009, 10, 13, and 14. You tell me. You tell me. Who's winning? Dan Arnold and Suckle Busters is providing a winning sauce for you. Sucklebusters.com. Sales at Sucklebusters.com. Win your free bottle now. We're back to talk about guns. Stick around. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker, a house with a lot of food that got one for you. If you're looking for something medium size, got you covered there as well. How about something small you can take on those tailgates? Football season's coming up. They got one for you. They can also supply you with pellets as well. Check them out online at greenmountaingrills.com. I love mine. Love it. You could love yours as well. That's uh, greenmountaingrills.com. You got to try it out. You'll be happy that you did. Trust 
You'll be so happy that you did. All right, uh, this part, I'm sorry, I just read that. Centralized, this show, as I've said before, it is a barbecue show, but it's not always about barbecue all the time. For instance, aside from being an avid backyard cooker, I'm also an avid gun shooter legally and a concealed carry permit holder, but there is no guide to all the accessories that you can go get to carry make your carry experience as good as it can be, and most notably is the holster segment. So allow me to help with that by bringing on one of the most successful holster makers on the market today. Let's head to the hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, the marketing director for Alien Gear Holsters, Tyler Botch, joining me here on the show. Tyler, how are you, buddy? Hello, Tyler. Hello, Tyler. Hello. Hello. All right. I hate when I go for the big intro and like nobody's there. Nah, we're not there. We're not there. Let me see here. I'm trying to make like you can't hear it. We can't be running into one of those. Ugh. One of those uh, time zone changes. I know we can. By the way, Matt Boer wins the suckle buckers. I'm gonna leave a. I'm gonna leave a message here for Tyler. He's gonna freak out. Tyler, Greg Rempe calling a barbecue central radio show. Hi there. It's time for our segment. Uh, we have uh, about 10 minutes or so left. 11 minutes or so. Well, call back in 216-220-0966, and we'll talk a little gun stuff. Tyler Boss, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I'll try it again real quick. Again, Matt Boer, the winner. So, Matt, do me a flavor. Now that you've won, by the way, Stephen Reichland is spelled R-A-I-C-H-L-E-N. So you were very close. Luckily, spelling didn't count. Otherwise, you would have lost. Go ahead and shoot me your shipping info, Matt, and I will send that down to Dan Arnold. And he will go ahead and get you squared away. Nothing on Alien Gear Holsters. You know, just when you think you're getting outside the line and it's going to be a cool segment and blah, blah, blah. Let me make sure that I didn't. 21st, 9.35 Eastern. Just to confirm, that is 635 Pacific. That's correct. All right. Well, I don't know. I'll shoot him an email. We are on. Well, so there's good news and bad news. By the time Tyler potentially gets on, we're not going to have a considerable amount of time to talk about his holsters and how to use them and 
how his differ. Is anybody else into guns? I mean, I like guns. I'm not like a gun kook, but I like guns. I've been a concealed carry weapons holder, per, concealed, concealed carry permit wep. What the hell do you call it? Carry concealed handguns permit, right? Am I saying that right? I have a card that says I can carry a gun and fake rat. That, I have that. And I've had it for, I just renewed it. So uh, this is going into my sixth year. And I like take it to the range, but I have CCW or CCH or CCP or whatever you call it in your state for personal protection. It is concealed, so you can't normally see it on me. If you approach me, you should approach me with caution because you know I'm packing. I mean, you wouldn't know because it's concealed. So it's like barbecue. When you get into barbecue, there isn't a book really that says, and maybe there's a podcast out of like the uh, the Gun Central Show, which would be the alternative to the Barbecue Central Show that talks about all things important to the world of guns and concealment and all that stuff. But I've had to go through different learning phases on the pistols that I've owned. And I only own one gun at a time. I mean, I have kids in the house, so I can't own all the guns that I want to own, like uh, an AR-15 and a shotgun. I mean, I can own all of them, of course, legally. But to me, if you're going to have a gun... It needs to be ready to go to work. So I want the shotgun either in the corner of my bedroom or I want that the, the shepherd's crook holster for a shotgun that goes under in between the box spring and the mattress situation. You throw your covers over it so it's concealed, but you have full access to it. To me, it's, it's a counterproductive to have guns in the house that you have to go into a safe for if you need them. In a pinch, intruder in the house, or what ha- you need to protect yourself. Having to dial in a combination is wasting valuable time. So the alternative to me is for me to not have those guns that I'm going to have to keep out. Pistols are different for me. A lot easier to uh, continue to be safe and have quick access to. Uh, for me, maybe not in your house. And... You get used to shooting things, and you you go out and you you rent. A lot of places have gun ranges these days that have guns for rent. And if it's one thing I have learned over my time as a concealed carry weapons holder, it is to repeat the words that I was taught in my concealed carry class, which ring true. Uh, Don't buy a gun because somebody says, buy this gun or buy that gun. Use this caliber versus that caliber. Blah, blah, blah. If you can't effectively put a round in the kill zone for forty-five caliber, let's say, if you can't make one shot into the the kill, into the uh, center mass, the kill zone, What's the use of having that gun? You might as well be able to just take it out, unload it, and whip it at somebody's face and hope you clunk them on the head and knock them out. 
That would be more effective. You need to go down in caliber until you are able to get three and four and five and 10 and 15 shots in a group. Muscle memory stuff. I'm not talking about shooting at 200 yards like Johnny Sniper or anything like that. I'm talking about 10 feet, 15 feet maybe, 10 feet or less is where your encounter most likely is going to be. you got to be lethal at that point. If you have to pull your gun, you got to be lethal at 10 feet or less. Otherwise, what's the use? Trust me, 145 might knock a guy down. If you can't land that 45 shot, but you can land three or four 9 millimeters or three or four 380s or 38s or 1722s, that's what you need to be carrying, right? But you need to be doing it in a concealed fashion. So that's why, in a long-winded way, I wanted to have Tyler on because by far, after doing a lot of research and figuring out holsters, this is where it is like barbecue. You know, the cheapest part of barbecue, as many of you folks can attest, in the end is the buying of the pit. It might seem like an extreme expense depending on what you're buying initially. Laying out 1500 bucks for an offset or two grand for a top-of-the-line pellet cooker or ten grand for Jambo Pit or twelve grand or however much those cost. It goes on and on and on. But after the life, what do you have? You have a cooker that you put money into initially, and that's pretty much it. Now you have thermopens and wood and pellets and mead and injectors and charcoal and all this other stuff that is the accessory side of things, which always ends up being the most same thing on the concealed carry side and holsters and accessories and all this other stuff. You can get way over the cost of a gun in no time flat. The alien gear holsters are significantly less expensive than a lot of the competing products. They don't have the break-in time that you need on the traditional leather and Kydex hybrid uh, shell and backing situation, which is why I wanted to have them on. I bought one. takes three weeks to get here, so I'm not exactly sure when I'll have it, but uh, I'll be able to use it. It will hide the weapon with wonderfulness, which is not a word. And then, you know, we'll be off and running from there. So uh, I don't know if we'll be able to reload. Pun intended, folks. Pun intended. I don't know if we'll be able to reload Tyler uh, again in the upcoming. I know we're very busy here over the next couple weeks. So we'll have to see about that. Diane Me is not a gun person. Anybody else? Uh, Carrie? Are we not supposed to talk about that in the chat room? Does anybody else carry? What what kind of holsters do you like? What do you use? What kind of gun do you carry? I just bought a X, uh, Springfield Armory XDS 45 caliber. I'm using the G2R ammo, rip it ammo 45, which is insanely expensive. But after reviewing it a number of times, on the interwebs and seeing its dispersion once it uh, impacts, I am highly confident that this is indeed the real deal. 
or as they built the last round you will ever need, the RIP round, the radically invasive projectile. It's worth the Google and watching the video if you're into that kind of thing. And uh, that's what I'm, I had a 380, a Smith & Wesson Bodyguard 380, and I was, I was so non-lethal. It was insane. It's incredibly long trigger pull. I was horribly inaccurate. So I had to get rid of it. So I sold it, and I've rented the XDS, like I was just saying, all that stuff. Yes, I can kill better now. Well, I couldn't kill before, Diane. Do you see what I'm saying? With the 380, I was an inefficient killer. Now, with the XDS 45, I am a, a efficient potential killer if I need to be. Remember, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I have taken class. I have obtained my arms and permits through the legal channels of the state. I am not like the rest of the felons and malfeasance that are out there carrying concealed uh, waiting to rob stores and, and other such nonsense. You'd never know if I had it. Except because I've just told you I have it. Anyway. Uh, 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ com is your email address. Unfortunately, no Tyler bots, which is fine. We may or may not get him back on in the future. Make sure I save that line of questioning so I don't have to rewrite that. We'll go ahead and uh, wrap up the first hour right here. After I talk to you quickly about the good folks at Cookshack. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, I would never say that. The Fast Eddie's by Cookshack Pellet Grill is a smoker and a grill. All in one. It's a 100% stainless steel, wood-burning pellet-fired cooker that uses direct and indirect heat up to $800. It is the only pellet grill on the market that uses charbroiler technology. It features electronically controlled temperature to eliminate large heat fluctuations that dry and shrink the meat. A pellet grill can barbecue, grill, bake, roast, sear, and smoke. Cookshack has two models of pellet grills. The PG-1000 features a fully insulated double-walled roll hood for superior heat retention, fuel savings, and maximum cooking performance. So the PG-500 features a two-way swing lid, pellet drop, and utensil holder. The PG-500 and 1000 have many great features, including 784 square cooking space, easy side-loading pellet hopper, fully automated wood pellet feeding system, stainless steel cooking grates on the direct zone that produce killer-looking sear marks, nickel-plated grill marks, or grills on the indirect and top racks, a drip bucket, a pellet ash drawer, 100% stainless steel construction, a warming drawer, 40 pounds of Cookshack hickory pellets, and on top of all of that, a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's a versatile pellet cooker that adds full flavor to your recipes, including fajitas, ribs, chicken, steak, dessert, sides, and large cuts of meat. It can do it all, including cold smoking. Grilling with wood penetrates with a... Intense, smoky flavor, giving you that smoky goodness that you're looking for all over your meat. And when you cook with wood pellets, the fuel is consistent. Smoke more flavorful. For recipes and how-to videos, check out Cook Shack's YouTube channel or the cooking guide on their website, pelletcooker.com. That's pelletcooker.com or cookshack.com. You can also call them 800 
800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Did that cooking class, did that cooking class take, uh, take place yet? I talked about it. Right. I want to know about that. Uh, Fast Eddie could be coming on this show in weeks. Love talking with Fast Eddie. Give Cook Shack a call. Hook up with the pellet cookers, pelletcooker.com, cookshack.com, or give them a call. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. 216-220-0966. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. That's right. Cooking Pellets, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. And the great gun debate of 20-15 is off and running in the chat room. Just reading, seeing who's the... Some people have never taken part in the chat room before, although I've seen them, and this is what they're reacting to, guns. Just trying to get everybody to interact, man. Peace and love, peace and love. Remember, the law-abiding citizens who have obtained firearms correctly and gone through the proper training and licensure are not the people you need to worry about. They might be the law dogs or the sheep dogs that you want frolicking in the store when somebody decides that they're going to do something unlawful. But now we don't have a first-person or active shooter situation going down in a store. Heaven forbid, like uh, what happened at the uh, military situation there. Those people uh, getting shot, that was crazy. And they are not allowed to be even be armed over there. That's BS. Those are the people that are trained, and they're not allowed to carry guns? Give me a break. All right. I'm going to refresh my liquid refreshment. We'll get into uh, the second hour. Lots to talk about. Another great interview lined up for Pit Stuff. If you've always wanted to learn about Yoder's Smokers. Oh, is this going to be a segment for you? You're going to love it. You in the market? You might be in the market. Maybe you're not in the market. Maybe after the segment with Josh Carey, you're going to be in the market you didn't even know you are supposed to be in the market. about. I mean, who knows? Thanks again to Stephen Reichlin for joining me in the first hour. No Tyler Botts. Sorry. I'll expect my holster for free, sir. You are listening and watching. The Barbecue Central Show, right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. Tell a friend we're on. Let everybody know. 
We'll be right back with more show right after this. Hang on. Hi, I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report radio show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah, rub that meat. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? We ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, you have to shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Ooh, top men. All right, just like that, we're into the second hour. Hey, hey Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. That's what you found here, folks. Either by accident or on purpose, it is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live, live, and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am the aforementioned host. Happy to have you aboard. If you missed the first hour, what the f***? What are you doing? No problem. You can get the show on audio replay via iTunes. Search Barbecue Central in the podcast portion. You can go to the main website, the bbqcentralshow.com, and get all your video and audio replays there. You can also go to outdoorcookingchannel.com, should you see fit, and get the replays there. I have a Barbecue Central uh, YouTube page. Looks like Dougie just uh, joined the party here. Doug, I've been wearing it all... I even dropped a little cold water to push out the row cookers, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean there, Doug? Hey-o. Hey-o! There's never any reason you should miss the show. There's never any reason you should miss the show live. However, if something more important in your life comes up on a Tuesday between 9 and 11, you can always go back and get the archives, as I just told you about two seconds ago. The 20, I'm sorry, still to come on the show tonight. Josh Carey from Yoder Smokers. Booyah. The 2015 Sam's Club barbecue series rolled into Auburn Hills, Michigan this past weekend. Amidst gunfire. Just kidding. Bye-bye. This was a local event that feeds the Madison-Wisconsin Regional Final. Top six teams moving on to that Regional Final are, in particular order, taking grand champion Yellow River Barbecue with a 693.16. Solid. Taking reserve 
Smoking in the D with a 683.9. Third place, and somebody that I picked to go in the top six, actually to, to win it, Tim's Full Belly Deli. Number four, Smoking Aces at the Barbecue Superstore. Number five, Firehouse Smoke. And sixth place, rounding it out and going to the regional final. Big Brothers Barbecue with a 674.8. So almost 20 points separating one and six. So uh, 10 points separating one and two means Yellow River Barbecue put the proverbial beat down on everybody else. Solid. As I said in the first hour, the next Sam's Club event will be this coming weekend. And I didn't... uh, I mean, come on. What am I doing on a weekly basis? You can't update. This is me reminding myself. You can't update one portion without updating the other portion, right? I mean, what a douche. This Saturday, July 25th, Woodbury, Minnesota. Of course. It's Woodbury, Minnesota. Good luck to everybody competing. Tyler Box calling in. Sorry, dude. Well past it right now. We're well past it. We're going to have to hook up later. I'm missing something. West Coast is three hours behind, right? Pacific time. So right now it's just seven o'clock. Correct? Make sure that I'm not crazy with my mathematics. All right, let's go ahead and do the weekly barbecue roundup. Stand by for this. All right, folks, and now it's time for the latest edition of the Weekly Barbecue Roundup, this time covering July 17th through the 15th, and helping me do the Weekly Barbecue Roundup, Maddie Rempe joining me. Hi, Maddie. Hi. All right, here we go. First up, the Red, I'm sorry, the Riverfest Red Wine and Q, Bellevue, Nebraska, winning it. Fat Jack's Barbecue, Nebraska, with a 691.9. The 11th Annual Wild Blue Barbecue Competition. Burlington, Kansas. The grand champion was Clark Crew Barbecue with the high score of 696.5. Next up, the Grillers Cup. Laramie, Wisconsin. No, Wyoming. Duh. (laughs) Taking it, the American Dream Barbecue team with a 689.6. BBQ Lou and Blues 2 in Waterloo, Iowa. The grand champion was Lucky's Q with a high score 693.6. Up next, cooking on the Campesca. Campesca? Waterton, South Dakota, winning it. Mustang Sally Tailgating Association with a 686.8. Wine Brew and Barbecue 2 in New Palestine, Indiana. Grand champion, Monster Q, high score. 697.1. How about the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour in Auburn Hills, Michigan, winning at Yellow River Barbecue with a 693.1. Wakefield Rotary Campus Cookoff in Wakefield, Rhode Island. The Grand. What? What's wrong? There's no state champion. Uh oh. Results not in. Take the next one. Go ahead. Okay. Smoke on the Mountain VA State Barbecue Championship in Galax, Virginia. 
Grand Champion Q-Bones Barbecue High Score 701.6. That's going to do it for the few that took place in the Kansas City Barbecue Society. We move now to the Florida Barbecue Association. Maddie, anything going on in the Florida Barbecue Association? Um. Yeah. No. No. I don't know. You got to keep flipping pages. Did you get all the pages? Yeah. All right. See where it says FBA? Yes. Florida Barbecue Association. I'm sorry. Now we move on to Texas. In the IBCA, which is the International Barbecue Cookers Association, what do we have? Quail Creek VFD Barbecue Cook-Off in Victoria, Texas. 46-teams, Grand Champion Al Heckman Honky Tonk Smokers. Also, the Damn Lake Fest, Somerville, Texas, winning it. Mary Briggs Prater of Flirting with Fire. Coriel Country Critters Barbecue in Gatesville, Texas. Grand Champion Danny Helms with, uh, from Barbecue BBQ Extreme. Please note that the IBCA elections are August 1st. There's been lots of chatter about potential rule changes and new people running. There's currently two new people. Executive Director, Craig Sherry of Texas Pepper Jelly, of course, whom I know, and Jim Samola. So keep your eye out on those two. Now we'll move to the Lone Star Barbecue Society. What do we have? Night and Old Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg, Texas. Grand Champion Ira Green from the Flying G Barbecue. And then the Texas Gulf Coast Barbecue Association testing out a new scoring system based on the Georgia Best system. This was the second contest that it was used in. And how were those results? Annual Watermelon Festival, Hempstead, Texas. Grand champion, Mike Scafari. Kiss my Angus. What did you say? Other news in Texas. The World Hot Sauce and Barbecue Awards, 109 companies from 14 countries. Kevin Riley of CRC Barbecue Sauce and Rubs won uh, Riley's Red Rub, got world champion in the chicken and cook-off division. And Riley's Tripper R Sauce got world champion in tomato. Uh, that's going to do it for the weekly barbecue roundup. Thank you for joining me, Maddie. Mm-hmm. Now, more show. Live show with me, your host, Greg Remy. Take oh, it away, me. Hey, look at me. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks to my lovely daughter for joining me last night for putting that together. I was driving home and i realized at like nine o'clock that i had not done the weekly barbecue roundup oh boy that's trouble tyler botts has left me a voicemail so oh that's the yeah that's right hey haha gotta blow myself up i don't know what that means what does that mean matt Next week is the last comp of the year till September. Too friggin' hot to compete, right? Well, I need updates on that. Nobody updates that friggin' website ever. Throw me a friggin' bone here. Need the info. I'm the boss. Need the info. Let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest-running sponsor of the show. Located in Warminster, Pennsylvania. The Barbecue Guru Gang, if you have been thinking about automatic temperature control devices for your cookers, stop here 
It's the company that started it all, the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy from anybody other company? I have no idea. Stop it. Not familiar with how these little beauties work? I don't get into the minutia, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature. And once set, keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Maybe you're a busy working professional like me, or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have that time to set around and tend pit temperatures. I get it. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs, and then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. That Guru maintains the temperature you set it at. A lot of different models to choose from. Here is my advice. Head on over to the website, thebbqguru.com, and check out all their products. If you are in the market for a new cooker as well, look no further than the Onyx Oven. It's been winning on the competition circuit and the backyards all over the country for years and years now. It's won some of the biggest contests in the country each and every year. It's fully insulated, holds a ton of meat, accommodates the half and full pans for food service, and you know, most importantly, it's going to work seamlessly with any of the Guru pit temperature control devices. Once again, do yourself that favor. Head on over to the website, thebbqguru.com. Check out the products if you have any questions about what to order. Don't guess. They don't want you to guess. They want you to call them. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800 800- 288-GURU or TheBBQGuru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a company that provides breakthroughs in barbecue technology. Well, now that we had one guy shine on us, I'm very nervous that the second or the first second hour guest might run into a similar situation. Let's keep your fingers crossed. For Josh Carey of Yoder Smokers, and make sure that he's on the backside of this break. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show, which there will be more of right after this. Hang on. Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, folks, this portion of the show, oh my goodness, they are back, and we're so happy to have them back. iGrill, baby, yeah! iGrill's back. And this portion of the show is being brought to you by iGrill, makers of the most advanced Bluetooth grilling thermometers. Monitor the temperature of whatever you're grilling from up to 150 feet away using your iOS, that's an Apple, or Android device. Use code CENTRAL, C-E-N-T-R-A-L. Use code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. That's iDevices, I-N-C, I, the letter I. iDevicesInc.com and grill with precision. Once again, that is promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase. 
Glad to have iGrill back in the fold again. Can't wait to talk to him in a couple weeks about iGrill and the technology and all that stuff. All right, uh, my next guest is a pit builder, manufacturer, all that good stuff. Look, my pit discussions resume again right here, right now. A few weeks ago, we had Ben Lang on to talk about his business. Tonight, we welcome in a brand that has been gaining plenty of popularity and notoriety over the last handful of years in backyards on the competition scene. Let's head to the hotline and welcome first-timer to the show from Yoder's Smoke. Harry joining me. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Josh. And yourself? I'm doing wonderful. All right. Uh, so on your Skype, uh, hover your mouse there in your screen and hit the camera button so we can see you. All right. Let's see here. Let's see what we got here. Oh, holy shit. Look at your setup. I'm jealous, I think. <laughs> you a podcaster well, too, man? Uh, I'm I'm a retired mastering engineer, so oh. I worked in Nashville, did a lot of records, and so this is the uh, really? this is the leftovers. All right, so like what uh, what's your what's your setup? What kind of mic are you using? What's your whole situation? Uh, this is a Sennheiser MK4, and then I'm just going in through a little M Audio M track into the iMac. So easy. And, uh, and it sounds good and it's, it's simple. We do VO for video and a lot of things here. So that, uh, makes life easy for us. All right. So being a mastering engineer, uh, and having a lot of time here in the second hour, which I didn't realize this is a road we're going to go down, but why the hell not? Uh, how do do I, I've been, I've been experiencing over the last couple of weeks, and I don't know if you've ever heard the show or not, but, uh, I seem for me, and maybe I listen with a discerning ear more than like the casual fan is going to listen to. But I think over the last couple of weeks, I seem to be peaking or, or getting a little bit of uh, over-modulation when I'm listening back to the replay. And I've switched mics up, so now I'm just on like a pukey Shure PG58 out of my Shure you know, SMB7 $500 microphone, which I think was an issue. Uh, am I sounding over-modulated at all, or do I sound kind of crisp and clear? No, it sounds crisp. It sounds great, actually. I mean, I've, I've got, you know... Nice headphones on, so that's that helps for sure. But no, it sounds really good. All right. Well, I guess the proof will be in the proverbial podcast pudding when we put it up after the fact and uh, go back and listen to it tomorrow. Nevertheless, uh, Josh uh, Yoder Smokers, are you uh, are you like the owner creator of Yoder Smokers or what? All right. So uh, let me give you a quick rundown. Yep. Uh, family's been in manufacturing for thirty one years. We've manufactured all sorts of stuff, including horizontal directional drilling equipment. There may be one person listening who knows what that is. Um, but <laughs> sounds like a tunnel the, thing, that, right? Yeah. So that's the stuff that puts that puts uh, communications infrastructure, oil pipeline, anything you want into the ground. And so we've done that for a long time. And back in 2007, uh, we decided to start building smokers. We have a lineage that goes back to the original Oklahoma Joes. So we have our designs, especially the original, the Cheyenne, the Wichita, the Kingman, those offset pits, especially have a lineage to Oklahoma Joe's. And that's kind of where we came from. And uh, we then launched a line of pellet cookers in 2010 or 11. I want to say 11. I, I could be wrong. It was toward the end of the year. It's, it's been a while. It feels, uh, feels like a long time, but yeah, we, uh, we launched into pellet cookers. Of course we build flat top charcoal grills. So um, I am family. So parents own it. I'm the pit master, one half of one half of the YS competition cook team. And uh, and so we we travel around. We don't get to cook as much as we want. But then also we own uh, all things barbecue in Wichita, Kansas. So we also own a retailer um, that sells barbecue supplies. We're the largest Yoda retailer, yada, yada, yada. And so 
um, that's uh, that's the that's the short version right there. Now you said you you have is it a take on Oklahoma Joe or you are making the Oklahoma Joe pits and is it no, like a, a no so a yeah so what what we did all right so Joe Phillips yep. who uh, who is our designer. He uh-huh. uh, he worked for Oklahoma Joe's for years, uh, designed pits for them, and uh, and actually built several jigs. There was a for anybody who knows the the history of that brand and, and being bought out by Brinkman and then having the name sent over. You know they they import Chinese pits. You can find an Oklahoma Joe's in a Academy Sports or Lowe's or whatever you have around you, and they're they're not the same thing, right? It's an offset pit oh. that that is it's, it's a char griller or whatever. Um, Joe had, had taken some of those designs and ideas and kind of sat on them. He came and worked with us, uh, from the other side, uh, in the horizontal directional drilling. And he had really tweaked, made some changes to the pit, changed the size diameter of fireboxes, changed airflow, designed new heat management plates. Uh, we designed a new heat management system, uh, in house, which you'll find in our Kingman competition pits like the Cimarron. And, uh, so we, we took what, uh, what is kind of a traditional offset Joe's being, I would say the largest manufacturer of traditional offsets there ever was. When that company was at its full full bore in the '90s, they were they were manufacturing pits at an outrageous rate. Um, and you still, I mean, you still, if you compete, you run into them all the time on the circuit. And so there are essentially two companies that came out of that. Horizon uh, came out much yep. earlier. Yep. Um, we started building pits in in '07. Well, started building pits earlier. We started com- making them commercially available in 2007. All right, so as we kind of look at, and I have some uh, some screenshots here of uh, of the few pits. This is the Cheyenne. You have Wichita, you have loaded Wichita, Kingman, Durango, two different types of Durangos, and a Stockton. Uh, I guess which? Uh, well, I mean, look at this thing. I'm, so I'm looking at the Stockton right now. You're probably seeing that too, by the way. Yep. Um, this seems like it would be a huge. <clears throat> I say pain in the ass, but it would seem like it would be a huge task to make and and make it operate the way it should and work properly. There is, there is a ridiculous amount of engineering that goes into building a Look pit. Look how many shelves are in that thing for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, Holy if, moly. If you're running a restaurant, man, that's your, that's your dream. And of course we build a dual door version of that. Um, we build a ton of custom pits. I mean, you, you look at any of our stock pits and go, Hey, I need this. And, and we're one of those guys that we, we jump at the chance to manufacture something different, um, something custom for somebody. But yeah, they're, understanding the airflow, being able to model that we have engineers and modeling software. And we, we really take a long time on the R and D side to, uh, to make sure that everything's going to perform properly. But then <laughs> the scrapyard, man, we build and build and build when we R and D and we go, no, that, that doesn't perform to what we want. And so we, we will start over once we collect enough data, you know, we've got a computer system, and eight or ten scientific probes running through it, and we want to know exactly what the airflow is. How's this thing working? What can we do better? And we tune that pit from the start um, so that it operates as as absolutely as well as it can out of the out of the box, as as it were. In this case, off of the pallet. So, Josh Carey joining me here on the show, talking about Yoder Smokers, the website yodersmokers.com if you want to check it out if you're uh, not on the video side here i'm trying to show as many as i can here while we're talking um josh let me ask you about this it's easy as you had mentioned a couple minutes ago what you see now under oklahoma is kind of like a pos that you can get anywhere else you would refer to char griller which i think is one of the biggest POSs out there on the market today but right. if you look at on your website i mean these things uh for instance this kingman you know, we're, we're approaching three thousand dollars. The Cheyenne, which I'm guessing is more of a, an entry level, is still nine hundred dollars. 
And to me, when I talk to people about offsets, and I was on a, a local radio show a couple weeks ago, and uh, I said, you know, if, if you're one of those guys that's just getting into barbecue and you make that uh, terrible decision to go into a Home Depot or a Lowe's or wherever the hell you're going to go and spend $250 for something that looks really cool and operates mm-hmm. horrifically inefficient and by the time you fire it up and you realize there's no fire management that's actually going to take place except horrific food being produced. And now you might be turned off to barbecue. It's a horrific experience. It's going to be a great yeah. looking flower holder at best or a boat anchor, or it's going to end up on your tree lawn and the guys overnight are going to take it and melt it down for scrap. You need to be paying $900 or $1,500 or something along the line to make sure that the quality is still there. The fit and finish is going to be there, but most importantly, that the performance is going to be there so you can enjoy everything, right? There's there's no doubt. You know, it's one of the things we <laughs> – operating a uh, operating a retail store as well, we have a staff chef um, who, who cooks every single day at our store in Wichita, cooks on uh, many a Yoder. The first Yoder ever built is a loaded Wichita, and, of course, cereal number one sits on our patio, and we still fire it up from time to time. And, uh, you know, we cook and cook and cook. And that's one of the things when people come to us, we want them, we want to make sure that they're going to get something that's going to cook what they want, going to cook well. And they're not going to have to go online and go find mods for their new, <laughs> for yep. their new grill. That's one of the, you know, you see the char griller mods or the Oklahoma Joe's or, or whatever the, the brand slapped on it is. It really doesn't matter. And you've got guys putting ducting down to the, right. to the grate to make it more level. And they're trying to put fire brick in the bottom. And, you know, by the time you've spent the time and energy and effort and the money, you spend another couple hundred bucks, and I don't know what anybody else's time's worth, but my time is worth more than trying to mod something to make it cook well. I want to be cooking. I want something that's going to last, going to cook well, and going to cook for a long time. All of the stick burners, all of the offsets have lifetime burnout warranties. The reason they have a lifetime burnout warranty is because you're not going to burn them out. If you do, you're, that's impressive. Um, and uh, we'll replace it. So the, it's it's not going anywhere. It's something you're going to pass down. It's it's a heritage, right? It's 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 the classics never go out of style. You're going to hand that thing down to your kid, you know, or or you're going to sell it for really great return. I mean, that they hold their value incredibly well. You're going to sell it to upgrade to something bigger or different. You know, you, you may get bored, but it will never stop working for you. And that's that's the big thing is we create a product that's going to last forever. And that's and and from the get go, you know, we have a lot of guys say, you know, what was your first smoker? And and I always tell people, you'd be surprised how many people's first pit was a couple grand, yeah, because they took the time, they saved up, they did their research, they found what they wanted, they spent the money, and they enjoy cooking more than just about anybody else. Josh, when you look at building the pit, um, and I mentioned I had Ben Lang on a couple of weeks ago as we started mm-hmm. the kind of foray into getting pit builders on here each and every week to to go over their products. Uh, he has a, a different design than, than you guys have or a lot of guys have where you have the firebox on one side, you have the smokestack on the other. His are both on the same side. It's kind of been right. nicknamed reverse flow, this or that, and the other thing. Uh, why do you do yours, uh, I guess, the more traditional way? And are there features, benefits, differences, or anything like that as far as where the stack is in relation to a, a Lang or a Yoder's or a, a Close or you know the, the list goes on of great manufacturers? Absolutely. We would say, sorry, I'm texting my wife here too. all my messengers up because she's sure. calling me. I'm saying, hey, I'm, I'm on the radio. Leave me alone because <laughs> um, I'm at my office. If you could tell, this is probably this is not my home. Right. Um, yeah, we we went with a very traditional design for a reason. Um, 
One, I said it earlier, it's a catchphrase I like. I say the classics never go out of style. Yep. If you're ever around our office, you also hear data beats opinion a lot. Um, but uh, we, we went with a design that we knew, and, and we're airflow people. We want the least volatile airflow possible. We want to go from one side to the other without making a hard, a hard 180 turn. Um, it's doable. You can build a pit like that. I know a lot of guys who cook on Langs um, and, uh, and do very, very well, you know, both in the backyard and the competition circuit, and there's certainly nothing wrong with it. Uh, but we took the time to tune the pit right to left to where you're about dead even. Uh, the smaller the pit, the more volatile it's going to be, right? right. So the 16-inch Cheyenne, the better pit master is going to want to run that because the, the smaller tube is going to be more volatile. But as you get up to a 20 and a 24-inch, it really starts to sing at 24 and 26 inches. Um, it, it becomes very, very easy to manage airflow from one side to the other without incurring any any new design costs. You know, we we have a heat management system that you'll find in our competition pits that has a pullout baffle. So you can actually tune if you want it a little hotter on the firebox side, we'll allow that. And for guys who cook, you know, competition in one pit and you want chicken in one place and you need that to be 300 degrees, but you need your your other food to be 225 or 250. It, it'll allow for that variance in your in your chamber. Um, and we really like, I mean, you'll find that most companies between us, Jambo, um, Gator, man, you know, what is it? Pits, pits and Spits. Yeah, pits and spits. There's yeah. so, yeah, yeah. so many companies out there. Um, most of us build a traditional offset. And, uh, and I think it's a design that's timeless, that cooks incredibly well and, um, and needs very little you know, very little understanding needs needs to happen before someone to go. I build a fire here, heat and smoke come through the chamber, exit out the stack, learn my pit, cook some great food, and and move on. As far as the build goes, and in the, in the internal and the guts and stuff, as we're looking at shelves and uh, where the fire is actually built, uh, how do you, how does your pit uh, benefit the owner going forward? Oh man. <laughs> well, we've got, uh, I, I would say we've got the best welders and the best team in the industry. And so I, I think the build quality in our pits is second to none. If, if you've lifted a door, take a look at our welds. You know, we don't grind our welds down. I always, I always joke with guys. Um, if you're grinding your welds, it means they're ugly. Yeah. And uh, so if you're trying to hide your welds and make it look all slick, I, it's not much of a pit. But man, I, Tony, um, who does a lot of our customs, our big pits. If if guys out there, you own a Yoder and you look above the firebox side on the wall, you'll see a TS on there if Tony, Tony did it. And I think he's probably one of the best welders around. Um, I, you know, the pits, I, it's, it's tough to say how they benefit. Man, they, they cook incredibly well. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I started here uh, when I stopped being an audio engineer day to day. I was a vegetarian three years ago, right? All right, so... Now I'm an award-winning pit master, um, and, and these pits make my life really, really easy. Um, I start a fire. They cook. I toss a log on every hour, and, uh, and they just maintain and they run. They're quarter-inch steel. They're all virgin. We're not reusing material. You know, they're, uh, they're, they're a fantastically built and really well-engineered product. I mean, where the firebox sits and where the, uh, where the stack exits and everything, that is uh, – that is engineered to make the pit cook as well as possible. So one thing you put our pit next to somebody else's, they may look very similar, but you start looking at where different companies are putting things, where they're putting grates, where the fire is entering. You'll see that we're all doing something a little different. And we feel that we've really hit on something that's, uh, that's quite incredible. All right. So let me show you a picture here. I have um, the, is it the Simmerin? 
Yeah, Cimarron. Yes. Absolutely. So Cimarron. Yeah. So you have your uh, gro- uh, your uh, cooking grates, and mm-hmm. then underneath it, you have like perforated plates. Are those like uh, tuning plates, if you will? Right. So they had that system. So that's actually a system that we built and designed in-house. Um, to my knowledge, nobody builds anything like it. And so on the right-hand side of there, you can see a baffle handle um, right there. And so that baffle right there pulls out. And so what that allows you to do is in its standard kind of closed, you're going to get pretty dang even, um, but you're actually going to get slightly warmer on your left-hand side away from the fire pot. And so what you're doing is you're pushing that hot air to the left and making it cooler. Uh, sorry, I say fire pot because I'm so used to talking about pellet grills right. with people because that's our best-selling it's our best selling models of the firebox. Um, but as you open that baffle a little bit, about three-quarter an inch to an inch, you start to get dead even, and you open it more, and now you've got really, really high heat over there. And so that allows for a dead even pit if you want it, but it also allows the pit master to say, Hey, I I want some variation here. I want to be able to change something up. And what you don't have to do is move plates around or do anything that's going to alter how the pit cooks next time. You simply just open and close a baffle. And so that system is, it's really quite incredible. We've put it in our YS 1500, which is a pellet cooker, um, the Cimarron, um, the old Kingman comp cart, which we turned into the Cimarron because it was, it was, uh, people wanted a slightly larger pit. And so we went with the 26 inch barrel there. Uh, which is really popular on the comp circuit. So, Josh Carey joining me here on the show. Yoder's Smokers is uh, the place to go, yodersmokers.com. Uh, Josh, can I, I didn't anticipate this, but can I hold you over uh, through a break here? We can talk a little bit about the pellet cookers. Absolutely. All right, stand by. Uh, we'll be back with Josh Carey from Yoder's Smokers right after this fascinating conversation here. By the way, I appreciate a guest who's properly engineered and audioed up finally. Only took eight years. All right. Uh, folks, we're here to talk about Butcher's Barbecue for your arsenal. Step up the barbecue and grilling game. Don't take the easy ways out. Butcher's well-known for the injections, right? The pork, the beef, the prime injections. All the things you love from the beef injection using its award-winning enhancer, its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They have combined that what has now become the competition standard in beef flavor. With that Prime Injection, it's available for sale, obviously, at ButcherBBQ.com. They have the Bird Boosters. They have the uh, Open Pit Injections for your pork. The Grilling Oils. Who hasn't had Grilling Oils yet? Get your Grilling Oils. Come on. Use it in place of your Blue Bottle Butter Crap. The stuff is shelf-stable. It doesn't have to go into the refrigerator. It can travel with you. That's why I keep it out on my cooking surfaces, whether I'm inside or outside, using one of my many cookers. If you're looking for the go-to rubs and sauces, no problem. You can get them all here as well. You get the steak and brisket rub. You get the honey rub. You can get the sweet barbecue sauce. I don't think it's any secret. When it comes to barbecue sauces, if it's not my homemade barbecue sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. Lots get the thumb down from me because of how my palate is. However, the sweet barbecue sauce from Butcher's Barbecue is a winner in my book. Hits all the right notes. Doesn't have the liquid smoke. No, no. He took time, made the effort to make a quality barbecue sauce. It's going to go fast. I'd grab a box, a box of six if I were you. Don't worry about breaking the bank when it comes to shipping either. Items totaling up to $55 ship for $8.50. Between $55 and $200 ship for $9.75. Or the easiest way, what I always recommend... Buy over $200 worth of stuff. Everything will ship for free. That's right. Easy to do. Get all the products from Butcher Barbecue. You're going to be happy that you did. You'll thank me later. You'll thank me for saving on shipping as well. 
Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and stock up now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We'll be back with Josh Carey in about five seconds. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. We'll be back with more Hang Up. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com, your email address. If you'd like to ask us some questions, I'm here chatting a little barbecue and pit stuff with the Josh Carey Yoders. Smokers, Yodersmokers.com. If you want to uh, ask us some questions or call in or whatever you'd like, more than happy to get some live here on the air. All right, Josh, so we've been talking about the uh, offset stuff. And you'd mentioned something, um, maybe kind of in passing, but I picked up on you said we're here. We're talking about a lot of offset stuff, but the best sellers are the pellet cookers, which yes. leads me to ask you this very speculatory question: Is it easy to say that the general American public is increasingly lazy, and will not take the damn time to become a fire management expert and go right to the pellet stuff? Oh yeah, I, I, I'm only asking course, you to insult the percentage. Are lazy. I, right. There's, there's no doubt. Um, <laughs> there's no doubt that people are lazy. I, I totally get right. I mean, we, we, uh, we ask the questioner, I, what, what rub, what sauce? Tell me, tell me exactly what I need to do. Tell right. me the exact time, and I'm going to do that. You know, um, yeah. There's, there's no doubt that people are lazy. I, I think the versatility of pellet cookers really is what gives them such a, such an edge over a traditional offset. Um, but I, I think there's no doubt that it's so simple and so easy and it's, it is nearly idiot proof. Now that's not saying I haven't had bad food off a pellet cooker, but that wasn't the cooker's fault. I mean, you know, I've had great food off a gas grill. You know, if you can cook on anything, if you're, if you're, if you're decent enough with flavor profiles and know how to cook a piece of meat. Um, but I, I really think the pellets are taking off because people yeah, learning the craft of starting a fire, maintaining a fire, getting that that fire roll in, in the in the box and really knowing your cooker, many people don't want to have to do that. They just want to turn it on, throw some ribs on, do the lawn, and then eat them for lunch. Um, and, and I don't fault them for that. I, I, uh, I, I, I get that way myself quite a bit. I really, really like to cook on the pellet cooker myself. So, As far as being a pit master uh, or a, a pit competitor, whatever you want to call yourself, Sure. Um, and, and then having a tremendous amount of experience with the offsets and then obviously a lot of experience with the pellet cooker. Do you find that pellet woods translate to their wood chunk equal? For example, I have a question coming in from a listener, Matt Boer, who wants to know, is, is a peach pellet the same as peach wood in the end? And how do you or do you encourage the, the mixture of pellets to kind of get that right flavor that you're looking for can you can you blend a cherry and an oak or this or that to, to get the same thing that you're looking for in a stick bar yeah everything we cook on um is already blended um because we're, we're cooking with barbecuers delight pellets here they're they're available it's what we sell it's what we use it's what we test the cookers with um and so their oak oak base 66 percent and then 33 uh, percent whatever the flavor wood is right. the flavor is different 
there's nothing you can do about it. The combustion of a is totally different than the combustion of a log. And so what you're going to get is a less pronounced flavor. There's going to be less of a difference in the hardwoods and less of a difference in the fruit woods. I still cook 50-50 pecan cherry no matter what I'm doing. Um, whether I'm cooking in an offset or whether I'm cooking in, in a pellet cooker, but the pellet cooker is going to have lighter wood flavor. It's not going to be as pronounced. Um, so no, it really is not the same. Um, you're, you're going to want to adjust what woods you're cooking with, how you're cooking, what you're mixing for your personal taste. If a guy really wants heavier flavor, then I, I always suggest go with something like a, a black walnut or a mesquite pellet because it's going to put far more smoke flavor on your meat. And it may taste more like what a pecan or hickory log is going to do in an offset. And so you really do have to take a little time to play with the blends, play with different flavors to see what's going to work for you. One of the other things that I hear about with pellet grills in general is that the smoke ring is not nearly as pronounced as you're going to get with a traditional offset stick burner. Is that something that you can confirm or, or deny? I don't, I don't find that to be true. Um, I, the smoke ring is, is you know sort of a mythological creature, right? But it's the water and then the nitrites. And so you've got a chemical reaction happening for a smoke ring. And it may not – that there could be a smoke ring in the absence of smoke flavor. Um, and so uh, we get really pretty nice deep smoke rings in, in our food. Um, but we're cooking the same every time. We're putting cold meat on. Um, cold meat. And so that is actually, uh, it, it's not a key. It's, it's not a silver bullet for a great smoke ring, but it does help in every little thing you can do. Um, more moist surface, uh, the, the cooler meat that's going to help with the smoke ring. Um, even in a pellet grill, um, I, what they don't have is as pronounced a smoke flavor. And so that's where you're going to, the yoder is a little different. Um, we would say it has more smoke flavor, but there's a, there's a design variant in the yoder that's different than any other pellet cooker. Um, that produces that. So it is it is quite a bit different. But even in a Yoder, if you cook on one of those and you go cook on a Kingman, they're not going to be the same. Cook at 225 the whole time, same cut of meat, slice it in half and toss it on both. And you're, you're going to have a distinct difference. When you look at the inside of the pellet cookers, uh, what are you guys bringing to the table that you're not going to find in some of the other pellet competitors? Yeah. So uh, Traeger... Uh, came out with the original pellet cooker, right? 1986. I think I have that date wrong, right? But it's, if not, it's really close. Small center burn pot in the middle of essentially a wood-fired oven. And uh, if if I understand the history of the company right, they were not really building a smoker. They were building a wood-fired oven. Then they learned, hey, if we turn this down, if we kick this down to 180 degrees or so, it's going to put off smoke. And so the issue with a pellet Pellet has 8,500 BTUs that you can squeeze out of it. And that's, I mean, that's measured, man. That's, that's it. And then they're not 100% efficient. You will have ash, right? So you're not burning every single dime of it out. So you're burning anywhere between 80 and 92%, depending on the pellet. Moisture content's very controlled. It's about 5%. Um, but what you're doing there is you're burning a really, really small fuel source. And to burn a small fuel source to get your pit up to, say, 250 or 275, I cook my ribs at 275. Um, I cook brisket at 275 and sometimes 300. I, you know, I'm lazy, man. I want, I want to eat. <laughs> so what you're doing with a small amount of pellets is you are, you're having to burn them at a max BTU to get that whole pit up to temp. And so you're losing some smoke. And so what we did when we originally started out is we said, okay, we want to emulate the color, flavor, and texture of food cooked on a wood pit as closely as possible. To do that, you need to do one of two things. Um, and the thing we decided to do was build a really big dang fire. Our fire pot's four or five times bigger than anybody else's. The smoke roll is massive. That fire takes up about half of that pit. 
Um, so it's really, really big. We're burning a huge chunk of pellets down there. So if you could see one as it's burning, it's burning just a massive, a massive flame. And the reason we do that is because you have a nice big pile of pellets burning a nice big fire. What you then end up with is more smoke solids because you're burning at a lower BTU. You're not pushing it to 8,500. You're not removing all of the solids out of it. And now you have the ability to impart smoke up to 300 and 350 degrees. So it's putting out smoke throughout the entire range. So no more set it at 180 for a couple hours and then kick it up. Um, certainly nothing wrong with that. But that is that is a, a design you know principle we took that if you set our pit at 225, you're going to see more smoke out of it than any other pellet cooker on the market that, that we found. Josh Carey joining me here on the show. Yodersmokers.com is the website if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Uh, Josh, in regards to the uh, number of options that you have, you have a YS480, you have the YS640, you have the YS1500 pellet grill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, uh, varying price points here. Uh, Is one geared more to the the backyard guy and then uh, they they go up to competition or you know how do you see them fitting the niche in the market yeah the ys640 in the backyard cart is the most popular pellet grill we sell um and looking at numbers selling i would venture to guess it might be the best selling american built pellet grill on the market today really um yeah, that I mean the the numbers the numbers are pretty astounding. I I don't, I don't know. I'll sell fifteen hundred out of my retail store. So I, I don't have the Yoder manufacturing numbers, um, but and that's just this year. Uh, that's a lot of pits. Um, it doesn't sound like much, you know, for like Amazon who sells fifteen hundred books a second. That that's no big deal. But hey, we're manufacturing something out of steel. This is a little difficult. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're selling a ton of those, and so. It is geared toward the backyard guy, and it's the most popular pit we sell because it's only a couple hundred bucks more than the 480. You get eight more inches, and eight more inches, talking about in, in cooking space, is a huge jump. You know, the 1,100 and change square inches versus 700 with two shelves. But we also find that that pit on a competition cart, when I go compete, I compete totally solo. It's just me, um, and uh, I, have, I have no help. And so I cook on a pair of 640s on comp carts. The 1,500, uh, while definitely aimed at – um, the, the competition market, uh, it's a barrel heat management system from our wood pits. It is built, uh, even, even more closely to emulate a wood pit As the 480 and 640 will both kick up to 600 degrees at the controller the, I've, I've had 850 plus degrees at the grill grates. So they get searingly hot wow. where this one's maxes out at 500 because it wasn't built to be a versatile backyard pit. It was built for the guys who want to cook on a competition circuit or in a catering world. And so you definitely get that jump up. Um, it's even more of a smoker. It has even more smoke flavor and e- even better, you know, color flavor texture of a wood pit. Um, but it was designed even more so to do that. It, we, we took the versatility of, I want to grill, I want to bake, I want to do it all. And we really said, we just want to build the best pellet smoker we can. Um, and that's where those pits really differ. Have you heard that a lot of guys on the competition scene, when they buy the Yoder pellet grill, will almost uh, exclusively designate this for their chicken cooker? So we have a lot of guys who cook on the 480 as a chicken cooker. Um, you know, quite a few guys are doing that. Um, it tends to be very, very popular. But we see teams, um, we see teams adopt them, and then they'll buy a second one, and they're they're totally moving over to it. Um, I know that. Uh, Shout out to Purple Voodoo, um, the guys down in Oklahoma. They're they're going to be cooking on a pair of 640s. It looks like next season, um, and so they're going from having a stick burner from another company and a 640 as a secondary cooker for ribs and chicken to just 640s. Um, they're finding that they can do everything on those pits, and and many many guys are not missing their wood pits. Um, it really it comes down to the the preference of the team and kind of what they want to do and what they're looking to put out. But it uh, it's incredible how many teams are using them across the board. 
Are there any other manufacturers out there, because I was kind of doing a little homework here before we got on the air tonight, uh, obviously there's a lot of pit builders out there that offer offsets only. There's other manufacturers right. out there that offer pellet cookers only, but I can't sit here and, and list off a bunch of folks that are making your traditional wood-fired stick burners, but then also offer what many would consider to be a direct competitor in the uh, pellet situation, and you're doing it all under one roof. Yeah, I, I, as far as I know, we're the only manufacturer who's doing it like we are, you know, from scratch. Um, I can't say the ABS. Um, I believe they took their little barbecue, and I believe there is an option to drop a pellet hopper on the side. Um, but they took an aftermarket pellet hopper and slid it in there. And so that was sort of an option for people who wanted them. But And, and I just saw that at the Royal last year. And so that's the first time I'd seen a company that built either a charcoal or a wood pit also offer a pellet. Um, certainly none of the pellet companies are going the other way. Um, that's a whole retooling and manufacturing that most of them don't do. You know, we, we weld big steel, so we don't break metal. So we're not a sheet metal shop. Um, so that is actually another thing that really sets us apart from other pellet manufacturers. Most of them started in sheet metal. And so we, we really have a different angle. And so building, being able to build a wood pit isn't even something that unless they retooled and bought a new building, (laughs) isn't something they'd be able to do. Um, but yeah, it's one of the things we really pride ourselves on. We, we really feel like we wanted to offer the best across the board. It, no matter what you want, um, we can do it for you. And the amount of the amount of custom trailers we build that have a wood pit on one side and a pellet on the other is astounding. So that's something else that we really uh, that we've really gotten into. And, and not only that, we build charcoal grills. So <laughs> there's there's really nothing we're not touching. We built several. Uh, um, don't tell anybody, but uh, we built several custom gas cookers for people. Really? So that's uh, yeah. So we several banks who wanted who wanted. Uh, a, you know, a hot dog and, and burger burner for when they do big community events. So we have we have gas pits out there as well. So, Josh, when it comes to the, the selling side of it, is it only uh, online? You mentioned that there was a, a retail portion of it, but do you have like dealers across the country that you're shipping to? Is it uh, only custom and what you see on the website are things that you can get, but they're not necessarily in stock and like ready to ship out? How does that whole situation work out? Right. No, we have we have retailers all over the U.S. Um, from Portland, Oregon to uh, down in California, all through Texas, um, drop through the South, Memphis, Nashville, et cetera. So I believe we just set somebody up in Atlanta. Um, we've got uh, Qtopia up in Minnesota. So we're really covered all through all through the U.S. There is a place, uh, there's a gentleman out in Delaware who sells them. So he's kind of has that whole, uh, that whole area taken care of. Um, so there's no doubt we have quite a few dealers. We have a big distributor in Canada that sells them through their network. And we have a massive distributor, Grill Pro, in Australia, New Zealand. Wow. Uh, so we're shipping multiple containers a month out to uh, Australia as well of both uh, uh, pellet and, uh, and, and stick burners. We've got a company in Prague, Czech Republic, um, that is also a big Yoder importer. So we're, all, we're, we're sending pits all over the world, either through distributor networks or to our retailers here in the States. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've got a really big network. And – most of those guys are bringing in things that sell. Load of Wichita's, Cheyenne's, uh, maybe some flat top grills, some 640s, stuff like that. Um, but we have really, we're really, really heavy on dealer protection. So if you live in a dealer area and you call us, we're going to ask you to call them. Um, but yeah, if, if you need anything custom, you'll work with them. We'll get the quotes and, uh, and we'll, we'll get something built out for you. Josh, how many dealers in Cleveland, Ohio? Zero dealers in the state Holy of Ohio. shit, it's the barbecue capital of the North Coast, Josh. <laughs> Well, I will tell you that uh, that the great Chef Michael Simon well, is cooking on a custom de- Kingman. Debatable. That guy will so. not show up on this show to save his life. Like, he's too big for me. We're barbecue guys in Cleveland, for Christ's sake.
<laughs> well, that's too bad. That's too bad. I, he has a he has a beautiful custom Kingman with a uh, with really? stainless shelf and a insulated square firebox. Yeah, it was in People magazine. Of course, he's he's stood right in front of the logo, but that's all right. Uh, so you can, we, we we know whose pit it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, no, we've got some pits up there. We got a lot of pits we're selling into Ohio, but I don't have a dealer up there yet. So hey, if you sell cookers in Ohio and you've got a really nice retail store, uh, we don't drop ship. But if you are looking to uh, add to it, give us a call. All so right. we're, we'd love to set somebody up. up Absolutely. There. I'm sure I can help out with that, Josh. Don't worry about it. I'll get you hooked up tomorrow. All right. Uh, Josh Carey with Yoder's Smokers. Again, you can visit Yodersmokers.com if you are. You can find dealers through your uh, website, I imagine. Yes. Yeah, we have a dealer located on there. So, All right. Uh, go there if you want to uh, start checking them out here after this interview. Uh, Josh, I appreciate the time, man. I appreciate you holding over for an extra segment. And, of course, mostly I appreciate the fact that you have true audio and video capabilities, which, again, after eight years, it's finally great to get somebody on that could literally co-host with me going forward. Perfect. Well, I'd, 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 uh, I'd, I'd jump on any time. So thanks, right. thanks for having us. You got it. Appreciate it. There he is. Josh Carey from Yoder's Smokers. Yodersmokers.com, the website. And uh, man, that was a, a great segment. Hopefully, you enjoyed that, learning about the Yoder Smokers pits. Again, uh, offset and pellet cookers, which you're not going to find anywhere else. Folks, the Chops Power Injector System, NBBQA 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year. They come in three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs from backyard cooks to caterers, restaurant chefs. There is power injector that's right for you. Each of their patent-pending chops power injector systems features not one, not two, but four needles evenly spaced. The perfect distance for even injecting. It also comes with three plug screws so you can use fewer needles or change your spacing to get around those bones. It's versatility, folks. Let's break it down a little help you find out about each one the number one seller the half gallon chops power injector system is designed for competition or to pump you and the back war uh, the backyard warrior up they are so easy to use clean it fill it pump it and away you go if you just have one brisket or a poke shoulder you don't need to fill it up all the way just put in what you need it will use it all comes with 14 gauge needles two replacement plastic needle adapter three plug screws and a needle protector hundred dollars plus shipping anywhere then you have the Chops Power Injector System, which is designed for catering and bigger jobs. It will hold double the amount of injection for the half-gallon system. Some use it in competitions, like when you use Cook MBN, or maybe you're cooking 10 shoulders, and you need to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needle, two replacement plastic needles, three plug screws, and a needle protector, 120 bucks plus shipping. Then the newest one, the Chops Full Power Injector System. It's electric and is a commercial and competition big daddy. This is not a holding tank but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. It was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He has said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are back and better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 12-gauge needles, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, three plug screws, and a needle protector, 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. A number of top pitmasters in the world use Chops Power Injector Systems every day to make their barbecue the best that it can be. The thing is this, folks. We live in a foodie world that now requires flavor in every freaking bite. This is how you do it, and this is how you do it fast. It's not just for meat, either. Hey, memo to alcoholics. 
How about infusing watermelon with alcohol with a CHOPS power injector system? Yes. Sign me up. Get me shit-faced right now with the CHOPS power injector system by injecting grain alcohol into my watermelon. Every injector hand-assembled right here in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, right there. This is Cleveland. Go to BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's BarbecueKansasCity.com to get your CHOPS power injector system right today. CHOPS power injector systems give you barbecue some power. All right, we'll wrap it up right after this. Stick around. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a radio. Bring a jukebox for my outlaws. Bring me three shots. We can raise hell before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. If you don't like that, then you won't like me. I'm an outlaw. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Thanks again to Josh Carey from Yoder Smokers for joining me this past segment. Then I had some really good stuff to talk about the open segment, and then we got a bunch of great barbecue pit crap. Man. Hey Josh, I don't want to say anything, but I believe Ben Lang is sending me a pit. Hint, hint. Do I have time? I don't have time to get into it. I'll save it for next week. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up here right now. All the way back in the first hour, the third Tuesday of the month guest, multiple-time author, newest inductee into the 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame. Not me, but none other than the icon Stephen Reichlin joined us. Tyler Botts shined. Weak. I'm about to figure out how to get him back in. And we talked with Josh Carey for the last two segments here in the second hour. we got a great show lined up for next week. Hope you're joining me next Tuesday. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.